Hi, welcome to Soul Worthy Love. I am your host, Rinsey. Soul Worthy Love is your one-stop relationship podcast on everything marriage, dating, and of course, relationships. As we always say, love is safe. If it's not safe, it's not love. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Soul Worthy Love. Hi, Dr. Lee. It's great to have you back here. Hello, Renzi. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi, everyone. So today we're talking something else, not about relationships or dating or love. So taking a break from that just for today, though. Today, we're going to talk about how to get your shit together, how to get your crap together. (laughs) And I find that the pandemic has driven us insane at least I speak for myself on that and it can be difficult to motivate yourself write your to-do list whatever your routine is right I definitely have found it so so difficult to wake up early in the morning and to do all these millionaire 5 a.m routines I don't know some days you're just like I just want to wake up at 10 which is totally fine self-care is the most important. But having said that, I thought to myself, okay, what can I do to actually make my morning routine more interesting and to make my days more productive rather than sitting there and slumping around, reading here and there, and just that's the end of the day. And I realized, wow, time goes by so, so fast. So I pulled up the Extreme Freedom Manual from when I was doing the Extreme Freedom Workshop with Dr. Lee's. And I had an idea. I was like, okay, so how about I plan my day according to the eight environments of self? So let me just read the eight environments of self for you. There's knowledge, career, finance, social, close relationships and family, physical health and beauty, spiritual and environment. And in the middle, you have a little circle, which is self-love. So I decided to plan my day according to eight environments of self, because I know Dr. Lee has said, if you have all eight environments and there is a balance, you're off to a good start. So I was like, okay, let's just do that instead of working all day. And instead of making myself so, so tired, let me balance my day like that. So I'll give an example for breakfast. I would write eight to 9am cook breakfast. And then in little brackets, I put okay, this is part of my health. If I'm eating a balanced diet, uh, I'm healthy. And then after, so today, podcast recording. Career, that goes along with my career. And after podcast recording, I would read for a bit philosophy books. Okay, that's knowledge, right? And after I would clean, so Wednesday is my cleaning day. That's part of my environment. So I sorted out each of my tasks according to the eight environments. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) wow, this is great. Cause I feel like super, super balanced. Anyways, that's just my little story. So Dr. Lise, if you have anything to say. Yes. You know me, (laughs) I have lots to say all the time. I want to touch on the thing because I've heard, you know, some motivational speaker and the millionaire mindset how you're going to start your day at five and all the things you need to do and I think that's very good for some people and especially the male males of our world 
And I see this as a big challenge because that's why we need more women out into inspirational self-development kind of transformational type of work because I think women have a different rhythm than men. And when women try to live in the rhythm of a man, they end up imploding. They end up unhappy, tired, hormones don't match. It's not a good idea. So for sure, for some people who have the high testosterone driven, got to have the to-do list, boom, 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 and everything is going to, you know, that works. But getting up at five o'clock in the morning, like I did that. I was a competitive rower for 17 years. So I was up underwater at 5 a.m. And I did that for quite a few years until I started to row in a double so I could <laughs> I could get up a bit later. And it's fun, but you cannot sustain that. I can guarantee you, you will not sustain that type of routine unless it goes to your circadian uh, personal rhythm. So some people, their internal clock matches that. So for me, it's super important, no matter what you do, that it's based on loving yourself, doing what's good for you, not what you should do, but what you got you get to do for yourself. And you were talking about the eight environments of self. And at the core of this is the self, which is love. And also when you do the, the extreme freedom uh, weekend, we create a statement of purpose. And this statement of purpose is designed by you that wants to bring the best out of you. So depending on who you are, when you look at the different areas of life, you're gonna to wanna to do different things. Like someone who's an artist is probably gonna have different ways of using the eight environments of the cell that's different than someone who is an athlete. If you're training for the Olympics, how are you going to use, according to your own statement of purpose, acting out of love for yourself, and using all the eight environments of the self, you're going to use your time differently, but it's going to be based on what is good for your heart. And I can see for you, I love, I love listening to you because you can tell you did this out of joy, out of fun. You're like, wow, it actually brought meaning to your day. And the more you can link all the eight environments of the self to you, to what's good for your heart, the more fulfilling your life becomes. Because ultimately the key for living an amazing life is to be grateful. And when you're grateful because, hey, it's Wednesday and I got to do my cleanup, it's like, wow, this is so cool. Like you're grateful, you didn't do anything extraordinary. You were not on a beach and you know, somewhere you were doing, but you were grateful because you got to do this because it's good for you. If you have an environment that's not inspiring, it just, you know, depresses you. You're not as productive. You don't have the same vitality. You don't feel so good. So yesterday we went for a bike ride, me and Dale, my, my love. And we were just like pedaling and it was a warm evening and the birds were singing. And we were like, we were both so grateful. And we said like, you don't need to do something extraordinary. As long as you can be grateful, that's how you get to live heaven on earth. Being present with the smallest thing you do and being able to be grateful for it is an amazing way of living. This is how you create your own heaven on earth, for sure. 
being present and having gratitude for these things you get to do. You know, instead of I have to do this, I get to do this. Like, look at how you feel inside. Close your eyes right now and say inside of your head, like, I got to do this. Feel what it feels like. Usually you feel contraction in your chest, like this type of feeling. And say, now instead, I get to do that. The more we can link whatever we're doing to loving what we do that brings gratitude, the happier we are. And even though it doesn't necessarily connect with relationship with others yet, it connects with relationship with the self. And once you have a relationship with the self, you can be conscious. And that's a key to being happy with somebody else. So it, it is super important to, you know, pay attention to you. And like, what's my purpose? Why, why am I here? In, in my book, Conversation with the Heart, I have a whole chapter at the end that talks about how to create your statement of purpose. And those of you who want to join us for the Extreme Freedom Weekend, the next one will be September 14 and 15. Put it on your calendar. Start thinking about it read the book, it will help you, inspire you. But having a statement of purpose is the first relationship with the self. It's paying attention to who you are. Because if you're a conscious parent, what you're going to do if you have a baby, you're going to look at your baby and you're going to go, all right, how do I bring the best out of this baby? So you can have three kids and one is artistic, one is athletic, and one is scholarly. And so you don't treat them the same way. You try to bring the best out of them. But at our age, we're not babies anymore. We need to be able to look at ourselves and go, all right, I have all this potential. How am I going to bring the best out of me? And when you do that, you don't feel alone anymore because you're finally paying attention to yourself. Because... When we don't pay attention to the self, it would be like you and I are in a relationship and while you speak to me, I'm looking around and I'm not paying attention to you. If we were in a long-term relationship, you probably feel depressed. You probably feel like I don't care about you. It'd probably be true. Well, guess what? Every time you don't pay attention to your own heart, you make yourself feel the same way. You make yourself feel depressed because there's no hope. If you are not willing to take the time to organize your time, to give your heart what it wants, you're going to feel depressed. And then you're going to look for a savior to come and save you from your unhappiness, which then makes you needy of them instead of loving being with them. Now you start a whole bunch of big lessons. <laughs> so I highly recommend each and everyone to spend time, discover what makes me tick, what makes me happy, what brings fulfillment. But because happy is not only like, you know, I got a gift or I got to go on a vacation. No, what makes me happy in everyday living? So yeah, my book conversation with the heart is really good for that to help people in an extreme freedom weekend where you learn, but I'm sure there are other authors and speakers out there. Take the time to discover what makes you tick. Oh, my friend, uh, Janet and Chris Atwood, they wrote a book called The Passion Test. I also recommend The Passion Test. 
if you read the passion test in conversation with the heart, it's going to put you on the path to being a lot happier because we cannot be hypocrites. And I use the word knowingly and expect someone on the outside of us to be more invested in trying to make us happy than ourselves being conscious and wanting to make ourselves happy. And what I love about the eight environments of self is that you can tailor it towards your goals. Like Dr. Lee said, if you're working to be an author, each of the eight environments of self, you can tailor it towards that. If you're becoming an athlete, it would look a bit different. It's like your personal canvas. You can tailor it to however you like. And what I find so helpful about rearranging my schedule to reflect my environments of self is that I don't feel pressure where I don't feel guilty anymore because I used to feel very guilty if I wasn't productive at all throughout the day if I didn't do anything that seemed productive but in reality if you fulfill the eight environments of self to however you like it what's good for you it's a lot more productive than you than you think and what was going on in my head as I was starting up this new routine is that I always focus on the brain so I keep telling myself brain is such an important organ besides the heart of course and because academically there's a lot of stimulation that goes in the brain right? You have to memorize stuff. You have to read a lot of books. So that's why I place a lot of emphasis on my brain. I want to take good care of it. And that's why throughout the day, I plan my day according to what's good for my brain. How do I increase my intelligence or the wrinkles in my brain, as people would say. And I found that that connected to knowledge, reading, listening to podcasts, learning something new, memorizing vocabulary, if you're into that, like those are all really good stuff for the brain, right? Yeah. And at the same time, when I, when I work with people and I want to maximize, you know, their health, I call that the health triangle. I'm making a diagram right now. All right. For those of you who are going to be watching the video, for those of you who are listening, that's all right. So I call that the health triangle. So part of you being even if you're focusing on your brain, there's structural, biochemical, and emotional. So exercising will actually free your brain. You go for, a, you get some oxygen, you do some yoga, you go for a walk, you, you get a massage, you get a chiropractic adjustment, you do all these things, your body functions a lot better so that your brain is maximized. Biochemically, everything you eat and drink will impact your brain. So that was something I became highly aware of because I need to be sharp too, and you know, on my patients and now with you know coaching. And, it, and I realized that there was some food when I ate some food it made me drowsy and I couldn't think clearly. And for most people, that includes things like sugar, too much caffeine, alcohol, all these things. So, and taking some supplements also will help your, your brain too. Some vitamins and taking a good vitamin supplements to, to help your brain is super important. And then your emotions, because if you're in the throw of having a heartbreak and you're trying to read a book, it won't work so well. So gratitude is key. So the more centered you are in your heart, the more you have access to your genius. So structural, biochemical, emotional. But any health challenge you face, you need to look at the health triangle. 
maximizing the structural, the biochemical, and the emotional aspect of an individual will remove the blocks that are in the way of the healing, and then the healing happens because the natural state of a human being is to be healthy, to be able to perform. And we only have this ease when there's a block to that. So for someone like you, all the students listening to us, people high performance, people need to think, yeah, structurally, biochemically, emotionally, and gratitude. So the happier you are, like Rancy's doing, she's organizing her time, that makes you in gratitude. Then you access your genius and then you can perform even better. I love that so much. And you should try it out. Everyone who's listening, try out this method, tailor it to how it works for you. I know I've gone through so many different 5 a.m. routines, the millionaire routine. I Any book on self-development, I've honestly probably picked it up and read it. And yeah, I just didn't realize that it was right for me. But I think that this is this is something good. It's it's working for me. And a funny story, when I was waking up today, I had my alarm set for 6.15 a.m. I wear contacts. My prescription is quite high, actually. So I read the six as an eight. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm two hours late. And so I woke up and actually that everything worked out because it was 6.15 and I got a lot of done in the morning and I planned my day accordingly. So it's yes. only 10.46 a.m. Vancouver time. So got a whole day ahead of me. Honestly, if you want to get your crap together, take it slow. Yes. Do not be too hard on yourself and do what is good for you. Don't try to emulate what other people have because for all you might know, they might be trying it out once a week and they're like, oh, I can't do this anymore. Whatever they post on social media is only what they want the audience to perceive them as. That's so Deep true. down, only they know if they've been put to waking up at 5 a.m. every single morning doing what they preach, right? Because you don't know that. You're yeah. seeing them on Instagram, Facebook, and that doesn't help. And a lot of people, I feel like, have the desire to have these millionaire routines. Yes, partly, of course, to be successful and to further your self-development. But I think it's also kind of the bandwagon fallacy because you see everyone else doing it. And in your head, you think, oh, if they're doing it, then they must be successful. They must be a millionaire. They must be this. But then you're trapped in a fallacy because that's not true. This is something what you're saying is super important because we watch someone who's inspired because they might be living exactly the way. But if you try to copy their life, it's it's a big problem because it would be like if in a garden you have, let's say you have a tulip, you have a daisy and you have a rose. And then if the tulip tries to be like a daisy, that's not going to work. If the rose start to be like a tulip, that's not going to work. And when we, we have to respect our essence, each and every one of us has an essence. And if you love yourself, you're going to spend time and connect inside and find out how can I bring the best out of myself, out of love for myself, not because I got to, but because I get to. Absolutely. I love that so, so much. So that concludes the end of our episode. We hope you enjoyed it. If you guys like listening to this type of topic, let us know because we would love to do more of this and share it with other people also. We love to touch the lives of more people. 
Exactly. So hope everyone has amazing rest of the week and we'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks, Dr. Lise. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to Soul Worthy Love. We have new episodes every Tuesday. Thank you.